everybody <laughs> this is great <laughs> and you are under recommend uh-huh. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen there's no way you can front on the funk welcome to the yo zone the funkiest podcast in the land you baby bubba <laughs> baby bubba to the, the bubba that's funky so welcome to the yo zone live from korea town also known as the sad dodger nation ah oh, womp 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 very disappointed. I am your host, Omar Miller. I'm here with my brother, the icons, Terry Miller. Yes, sir. And we're here with the homie, Ernie, who decided to come through and record for us today. Nice. What a nice guy. What a nice guy. Who? What was not nice was the Dodgers-Cubs series, in my opinion, for all the fans out in Dodger Nation. I know you don't want to hear any more analysis of it, but I think I have a special uh, uh, selection, an A and B selection, as we say in the church. <laughs> um, because something nobody's talking about in the situation that really bothers me is how sloppy they, <laughs> they <laughs> you can't turn off i can't turn off the funk hey oh <laughs> we just want you to feel so yeah so you know i think the dodgers <laughs> why can't we turn it off i think the dodgers honestly i think the dodgers uh made six or seven errors in the four games that they lost sounds about right Come on, dude. But I don't think that they made any errors in the first game, though. Exactly, which means that in the three games that they lost, they they made those kind of uh, those kind of errors. You'll never win in the game of baseball making errors like that. Never, ever, ever. Especially in the never postseason. Happen. Postseason's tight. Tight. You just almost always bet the under in the postseason, folks. Yeah, like tonight. It's going to be a tight game. Let's get straight to it. What's going on here? But you know what? I don't know if that game... John Lester is an American League pitcher that's about to face American League team. They have great scouting reports on him. Terry Terry Francona is one of the guys who groomed and trained him. So, you know, it's going to it, – he might not just go in there and shut anybody down like that. And we've seen him vulnerable to the run, to the bunt, and these are all right up Cleveland's alley. Right. I really think people are underestimating the Cleveland Indians. I, I haven't talked and, to one person who's like, yeah, Cleveland. Although I did see Chris Archer on uh, first take this morning oh, really? saying that he was for Cleveland. Uh, he's got his mind right because we've all been denying it, but Cleveland looks like the best team in baseball. And they have for a while, actually. Yeah. The Cubs, you know, this is going to sound like, you know, the hater uh, uh, juice, but it's not. I promise. The Cubs almost were gifted two series. When you look at it, the Giants had them on the ropes and in trouble going into a game five with Johnny Cueto on the mound that they didn't want to see. Right. And the bullpen couldn't get three outs. And they were demoralized at that point. It, and the same thing happened when Clayton Kershaw silenced their bats after game two. Right. And then they got shut out again by Rich Hill after that. They looked like children. They looked completely confused. And then the Dodgers gifted them a, a win in the following game. This is a serious the issue. following games. Let's give so them. The next three games. They yeah. dropped three straight. Yeah. And I don't like the fact that they blame Clayton Kershaw, you know, because it's not, not all on him. You guys don't even score runs. It doesn't matter if Clayton Kershaw gave up one or 70 on uh, on Sunday night because it they didn't score. score they didn't score. They didn't score one. And not only that, I saw a lot of sloppy defense that won't be called errors, but balls that should have been called, like the, for the lead off the game with Dex Fowler. I told you that when we were watching the game. Yep. Um, Josh Reddick has to catch that ball. It wasn't, it wasn't like a – a bomb or a I line need to drive. see it again because I I couldn't see where he was positioned. I definitely agree he could have made a better effort. 
I don't know if he could have caught the ball, but I know he could have made a better effort. But the tone was set early. They let off with our man Tolls. I was very happy about that. And Tolls did exactly what he was supposed to do. He got on base. Corey Seager decided to not let him take a chance on stealing a bag and promptly grounded into a double play. Right. To which the Dodgers didn't get another hit for five or six innings. But that shouldn't dictate, you know, you still have to get hits. I mean, you got it. What does that have to do with Clayton Kershaw? What does that have to do with Kershaw? You put the pitcher in a bad situation where he feels like he has to get all the outs. He can't trust his defense because we have tolls out there now that's dropping fly balls. You can't drop that fly ball, brother. <laughs> Come on, man. You so drop the fly so that's ball. How, that's how it goes, huh, son? <laughs> the D watch, it hurts. Hey. <laughs> it hurts bad, man. Need to take him out there and ride around with Alonzo and train today. Maybe get his mind right. Man. Yeah, but this is a this is a heavyweight championship going down out there in Cleveland tonight. This is good baseball. This is you know, although the Cubs are susceptible to great to good pitching, not great. Everybody's pitching. good susceptible. To, oh, you, I agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And and Cleveland and, and, has had great pitching. Yeah, and Kluber should be a, a real problem for them with that fastball slider combination. Fast, you know, it's a problem, and they really haven't seen him that much. This is the this is the difference I think because they've seen John Lester or they have a pretty good book on him and he can't afford to get anybody on base because they're going to run him up you don't want to throw to the bases guess what let's exploit it well what about the, give me your 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 quick analysis that you were even saying back when we were in san diego for the all-star game about that about what the fans did and how that actually hurt the cubs in the end oh what oh by voting the cubs into every position into the all-star game are you kidding now you guys don't have home field advantage and that's going to be big. And it's it's going to be big. interesting to see if Schwarber is, uh, you know, if Schwarber can make a difference. I know the Schwarber has a monster stick, but I don't believe that he has enough of a- at bats to be. You know, I agree. It's it's hard to wake up and roll yeah. out of bed and hit Corey major Kluber. League <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any major league pitcher, yeah. let alone yeah. the the best of the best. Yeah. So you know, you're talking about they they wanted all the Cubs to start. Now Chicago fans, you have to pay that price, which gives you no home field advantage because the All Star game meant something. And Cleveland is tough at home. I'm yes, here to tell are. you. All American League teams are going to be tough at home with that DH spot. That's why they put um, Schwarber in there. Yep. And they won a tight game. They've come back. I, you know what? I think Texas is the only team that came back more than Cleveland this year because they come back and beat you. They can now, beat you in Cleveland. No, I think that what's hurting Cleveland more so than anything is this layoff. That layoff is dirty. I agree. They needed that momentum that they had built up, and this is them being punished for only losing one game so far throughout the postseason, which yeah. is amazing because baseball, for people who don't know, baseball is not a game that you need time off on. Baseball is a game. You saw it happen to Clayton Kershaw. You saw it happen. You see it happen every single year, really. You saw it happen to the Texas Rangers. Sure did. Sure did. And now what about Jason Kipnis? You see this situation, Jason Kipnis? You think it's a – I mean, crazy ankle? his ankle didn't look like – that didn't look Photoshopped. <laughs> I just had one like that. I know. I mean, that thing is killer, but you know what? This Dude, is, killer! This is World Series time, man. You can put some duct tape on it. Let's go. I mean, he's in the lineup. There's a, know, there's right? no doubt about it. But I'm just saying, I wonder how much that's going to play. I mean, I, the, You look at these two lineups, monster lineups. The, the reason I go with Cleveland having the advantage is because the best two lineups in baseball, the best three lineups in baseball are in the American League East. And they are the Red Sox, the Orioles, and the Blue Jays in that order, in my opinion. Or maybe the Blue Jays, then the Orioles. But either way it goes, they beat both of them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I don't I don't know what else that they can do to prove how great they are other than go in and win this title. They almost swept the Toronto Blue Jays. Yeah. I mean, you can't act like they're not real. I mean, you don't like to think – well, it's not that you don't like to think. You just feel like the Indians aren't the team because they're not flash and dash. But I guess Bron juiced them up. He got them ready. Man. 
Come on. Tell them it's possible in Cleveland besides serial killers. Shoot. I mean, come on, man. Why you got to bring that up? <laughs> they got too many of them. They got to shut that down what out there. What is going on out there in Cleveland? Yeah. With the, They love to throw you in a good basement. And <laughs> throw me out the dude. window naked or something. Then, hey, no, no, no. We're just playing around. Yeah. What is, what's happening with that? I don't know. But we're going to see later on if we hear Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the Booger T at first. <laughs> it's not how cow give. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I'm very interested to see. I'm excited for game one. I anticipate a tight game, but I don't think that – I don't think the moment's too big for Cleveland. One thing that you see from both of these teams that always take note of in baseball, both of these teams always look like they're having fun, ex- except for when the Cubs are getting shut out. Right. But even when Cleveland was – even the one game Cleveland lost in this postseason, they still looked like they were having fun. Right, and you didn't see them drop their heads or anything. I saw the, I saw the Cubs be demoralized when Clayton Kershaw shut them down the second time in Chicago and then in San, with San Francisco as well. I, their demeanor was completely – I agree. You know, and I think that if you can get the Cubs into a situation of an elimination situation, I don't know if they have that kind of heart to, to – Right. I feel like they're mentally fragile. Yeah. I, you know what? And this is going to sound like a terrible thing to say because I know how everybody feels, but I feel like they – I feel like how I felt about Golden State. I feel yeah. like they're a team that everybody thinks is going to win, that's supposed to win, that if you actually stand up to the bully and punch him back, you got a really good chance of beating them. Right. That's what that's what I feel like. I feel like it's crucial for the Cubs to still a game in Cleveland. I do. I feel like that's crucial. I mean, because they might end up just like all the rest of those teams, down four, uh, 3-1 and 3-0. Well, if you go down 2-0, it's bad news. They bad just news. did the same thing. To, to I mean, Boston, in my opinion, was the best team. I've been saying it since the since opening day. I felt like Boston was the best team in baseball, dude. That lineup is definitely the best Man. in baseball. They have nine solid batters. And they and they couldn't get they couldn't get outs against the Cleveland Indians. They couldn't get guys yeah. the, you know they couldn't get guys out when they needed to because those guys get tough. Yeah, Danny Salazar's back on the. I'm very right interested up. to see if Danny Salazar. I don't think they would even put him on the roster if he didn't look good in those two sim games that he pitched. Right, right. He's got devastating stuff, especially if you haven't seen him. I yeah, mean, he sure does. Problem. He's probably gonna strike about 10, 13 guys in four or five innings. <laughs> I mean, he has fuzz. I mean, he's, he's got he's, fuzz, he's, and he got crazy slide piece. Oh my goodness! He has the opposite of Joe Blanton. Yeah, he's got the hammer. He's got hammer and Hank. Yeah. But but speaking about how you feel, I'm going to talk about how you look because you look good, bro. Oh, yeah. You look good because you're wearing your 5'4". I see it. Nice sweater piece. Is that brand new? No. Oh, it's vintage piece. Vintage. Vintage 5'4". Well, we're coming into fall. And, gents, if you want to really look sharp for your lady, for yourself, go over to 5'4club.com, type in promo code OMAR, and see what happens for you. And you're going to see that you get a discount, Randy Piper. And what, uh, what ends up happening is... Uh, you're going to have yourself a new wardrobe. Every month, you're going to get $150 to $200 worth of clothes for only $60 a month. It's a pretty good deal. Sign up. Let us know how it turns out for you. Promo code OMAR, 54club.com. Moving on. You know got, what I like about 54? What do you like about 54? Because they make clothes for any occasion. I mean, you want to yeah. hang, hang out at the beach or the pool? They got you. You want to get dressed up? They have you. You know, you, yeah. they, are, they cover it. Yeah. What if you want to play ping pong? They got you. Wow, shorts, nice, unbelievable. I mean, this is a, this is this is full service. That's beyond the read. There, that was just a personal. <laughs> I just that was a personal touch. Icons instead to <laughs> throw in for you, my boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. You know what? I want to speak. Uh, we got a lot to cover on the big show today, but uh, I know we have a caller that wants to talk boxing. We have our uh, our our resident boxing expert who wants to have a speak on it. Hello. 
Sack back. Hey, Ellie. Reporting. How's it going? Reporting. Get your sack back. <laughs> uh oh. It's going well. What's going on with you, man? Everything's good. Can't complain, man. A lot going on in the boxing world, in the MMA world. You got Ronda Rousey coming back. You have McGregor fighting November 12th. You have Danny Garcia fighting November 12th. Everybody's mad at him. Everybody's mad at Danny Garcia. They should. I'm not, I'm not mad at him because no. a lot of fighters do it. But the problem is that with Danny, it's like they get mad at his dad and they take it out on him. Yeah. And they forget that he hasn't fought in 11 months. And they keep saying, oh, he only takes easy fights. What he fought Robert Guerrero? That's a tough fight, but that was 11 months ago, so you have to stay in shape. You can't just make a mistake of getting in the ring and then taking on the toughest challenge. That's when you get burnt. Well, and I think the other thing is is that he's got a tough challenge coming up because they just announced that unification welterweight uh, bout for March 4th with against Keith Thurman. And Danny Garcia-Keith Thurman is a fight that I personally want to see. Very interesting fight. Uh, Sean Porter-Keith Thurman was a great fight. It was a very close fight. Yeah. Danny... Danny Garcia always finds a way to win, even though he does. He does. Not always the favorite. He Lucas Matisse he was the underdog, and Amir Khan he was the underdog. But you know, it's good. It's good for boxing. I wish it wasn't in March. I wish it was. Much yeah, earlier. I wish it was sooner. No, I wish Ellie, it was sooner. Ellie, this is Terry. And what I want to ask you was, don't you think it hurts the fighter when they fight? It's sort of like playing down. So he's he's not fighting a quality uh, opponent. So you don't think that's going to hurt him at all? In professional sports with baseball, basketball, the superstar teams always lose to the teams they're not supposed to. The Lakers, when they were winning all those championships, always lost to like the worst teams in the league. That's a risk you take where the major upset will happen. Um, but at the same time, Danny's so talented. He just needs to have a camp, get his body in shape, get used to the motion. I don't think it will hurt him because I think he's going to win. Um, but if he loses, it's a major upset. Yes, you're right. It's a risk that you take anytime you step in the ring and one punch could end the fight. I think when you're dealing around with 47s, it's not many guys that have that one-punch power to actually put you in danger. And I don't think that his opponent uh, on the next fight has that. You know, I don't, I don't think he's got that one-punch knockout drop. But I do believe that this is a good prep for him. I'm a believer because Andre Ward had all that time off, and I thought it was smart for him to fight Sullivan Barrera, to fight you know everybody that he's fighting to get ready because when he steps in against a crusher, it's go time. There's no you, you, The rust has to be off. You can't work against the best. I don't believe that you can work the ring rust off in against the best. No, no. and the funny thing is that both the Crusher and Ward, both of them are superstar fighters. Both of them are the best at their weight class, and the winner of that fight is the Pompeo King, but both of them did not look good their last fight. No, they didn't. Kovalev looked really bad against uh, Isaac Chalumba, which was supposed to be an easy win back home. And Ward, I don't even know the opponent, but he didn't He didn't stop him. Like, we all thought he was going to stop him one round, two rounds. Yeah, and then you heard all of the, uh, and then you heard all the talk of Kovalev getting dropped by Triple G in in his camp, and the whole you know the whole song and dance. And I don't, I don't, uh, you know I, that kind of thing never bodes well. No, but sparring is not fighting, and we don't know. I wasn't there. I'm sure it happened though, based on what people are saying. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, Triple G is a monster, and he does spar big people, and he does have a heavy hand. And like I said, one second of not paying attention—that's <laughs> all it takes. That's all it but, takes. Um, Everything's good. I'm just excited. November will be a big month. You have Pacquiao fighting Jesse Vargas. The big question is which Manny will show up. Yeah, uh, I saw a picture of him where I have to say I didn't look like Manny that was eating good surfing turf was going to show up because he didn't look uh, he didn't look in shape like he normally looked to me from uh, just in his face. He looked like he's been eating good. To me, it looks like he aged a lot. He did like he look. Just, like, yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. And you know what though? But he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders. It's not like he's just sitting around 
flying around, you know, living well, per se. He's living well, but he also is doing stuff for his people and that sort of thing. I mean, look at President Obama. I saw a before and after picture when he got elected and now right. he's going out. It's a it's a real serious difference that stress puts on you in politics and in the world. Absolutely. I, I agree. And plus, look, when you're in the political game, it's it's 24-7 on the job. People call you at all odds. So Manny Pacquiao's training in the Philippines for the last four weeks. He's been mostly devoted to the Senate. He's been training every day at 6 p.m. So his preparation wasn't his normal routine. But we'll see which Manny shows up. He's the type of fighter that turns it up on fight night. Jesse Vargas, I went to visit him. He's so hungry. Jesse wants to win this so bad. The question is, who wants to win it more that night? Do you think he has the talent to beat him, though? Really? Because usually a little little toned-down Manny is more than most people can bring to the table. Absolutely right. But here's a question. Psychologically, when you announce your retirement and you turn off the fire, how do you start it again? Because he already announced his retirement. He meant it from the bottom of his heart. I'm done. And now he's coming back. The money's good and everything. But this is the fight game. This is not, you know, he's not going to score 60 points in his last fight. It doesn't work like that. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It does not work like that. That's true. That's a good point. And what do you think about this kid Anthony Joshua not being able to find a fight, man? Did you see now Klitschko is bowed out of the of the December 10th match with a, a random injury that I don't know anything about. Do you have any inside information on what he his was injury supposed, was? I'm not sure, but the person who's lined up to fight Klitschko is Lucas Brown, a big, tall Australian who used to be a bouncer. I met him, nice guy, very friendly. Has no chance of beating Klitschko, but he's a very friendly person. <laughs> so I'm not going to say anything bad about it. Anthony Joshua is the real deal. Malik yeah. Scott, who's fighting King Kong Ortiz, Malik told me that he was in camp with Klitschko and Anthony Joshua. And he said that Anthony Joshua did more than hold his own in sparring. So he already knows what Klitschko's about. He already maybe landed big punches. Maybe he took Klitschko's best. Because he told me that Klitschko, when he spars, goes all out. Really? He told me that, yeah. that. So I could see why Klitschko would want to get back the titles and make more money if he skips one fight. And if they fight next year, then everybody wins. Uh, everybody except the fans. Yeah, you know, exactly. and, that, and therein lies the problem, and why why we're going to start talking about UFC is because the boxing it keeps the, the tone has been set uh, by greedy fighters and promoters who you know Geppetto this whole thing so that people are kind of put to face who they want them to face as opposed to who they're supposed to face. And that's a real serious problem because I need more fighters who say, I need more guys that say, give me my belt. I want, I, this is what I want. And I want guys to get out there and fight. And it never seems to end up working out that way. Every blue moon. Speaking of which I, now I hear this triple G Jacobs fight might still happen on the 10th. I don't know. I'm confused. I Me just too. Really get What's going together. on? I, just, I wish that we get it together, but that's gonna be a good fight. Yeah, it will be a great fight. We don't know what's gonna happen, but we'll stay in touch. Please send me a link to this so I can share with everybody. It's the best podcast in the world. We gotta let people check in. Sec back. Tell them where and, they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Ellie Secback or on Twitter at Secback. There it is. Thank, thank you, so you Secback. Oh, thank you. Right, you All got right. it. Later, Ellie. Professional work there, folks. It was insight. You get the insight here. At least setbacks numbers are through the roof on YouTube, and because uh, he knows what he's talking about, and he's got the inside stuff. Yeah. He he is the boxing Ahmad Rashad. That dude knows what he's talking about. He's there, and he knows what's what. I tell you what else knows what they're talking about what? are Melissa's produce. Yeah, clean snacks. I mean, some of the best stuff you've ever put in your mouth. I'm telling you the truth here, folks.
Go get yourself a box of coconut clean snacks and thank me later. That's all you got to do. Go over to melissasproduce.com or go down to your local health food store, Trader Joe's, Gelson's, Whole Foods. Demand Melissa's. Tell them I need my bill. Give me my clean snacks. That's what you tell them and you'll see what they say. Very, very interesting stuff going down. What about this football season? What about it? It's crazy. It is a crazy season. How about this? Uh, I mean, people, t- I don't know if I've seen anybody. I don't know if I've seen collectively. More people seemed upset about the end and the entire Arizona Cardinal Seattle Seahawks game than they were about Negan busting heads on The Walking Dead. I don't know, man. That was devastating. <laughs> that was a little too he, much violence for too, me. He busted me. <laughs> he busted <laughs> heads. That was too much for me. <laughs> this was unnecessary roughness. <laughs> I need a flag on Negan. Negan I need went a flag. too far. He went too far. Come Negan's on, out of, Negan is uh, uh, Alib Talib. He's, he's, <laughs> he's a perfect. He's wow. This dude is out of can. Man, yeah. The NFL. I don't like them going to college rules. Man, do your own thing. You can't have games end in a tie. It's just so un-American. Americans have no interest in ties. I've long maintained that this is why. That uh, soccer never took on in America the way that it could. Too many soccer games end in ties, and then you go to this point system. It doesn't work. Americans don't like ties. We no. need winners and we need losers. That's how it goes in America. I need to taunt. I, and that's how it goes. <laughs> I need to taunt. I need to be able to talk slick. Yeah. And I can't talk slick in a tie. You can't talk because reckless I didn't in do tie. enough. There is no Y and R in a tie. There's no Y and R. And what about the the kickers? I mean, you got to both guys did not clutch up. I know what's going on with the kickers this year. I don't know. I don't know what's going on in general. Like, there's a, there's a, like, uh, it's, it, it, you just want your belt. The, just give me my belt. The, the, the football season, the NFL season, you know, they're suffering from low ratings right now. They, yeah, uh, low T, huh? They, they, low. <laughs> <laughs> they got low T. Hilarious. They're suffering from low T. And then they also have, you know, these scandals that are going on. How about the, the kicker? How about with Josh Brown? You know, now and, he's saying he didn't lay hands. But before he didn't, I don't think in the letter he said that he laid hands. I think in the letter he was saying how he was mentally abusive and verbally abusive. I don't think he was saying that he laid hands. But either way it goes, the words that struck that that stuck out in those uh, in the letter was abuse. You know, and, and now it, he's released. He's released. But it, it it begs another conversation, which is now the guy wrote this stuff in a diary while he was attempting to get help. Right, you know, this was not a situation where there was a video of the dude getting beat down and blah blah blah, blah blah blah. No, this is a situation where the guy was like, you know what, I'm out of hand and I'm a bad person and I'm a bad person to my wife and I want to get better. And he went out to go which get is help. Part of him, yeah, 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 which is a part of the healing. Now it's not acceptable by any means to abuse your wife, you know, or anybody for but that you matter. Recognize his problem and he, he's trying to fix it. This is what I'm saying. So now, what are we saying here? So when a guy gets if a guy says hey i have an alcohol problem you know what i i actually i played a game drunk and i realized i got a problem now do you kick him off the team because he he admitted what the problem was i i don't know what do you think the solution should be don't ask don't tell definitely not don't ask don't tell that's that's not the solution because well, that's what you're getting you're getting punished because you came out and actually confessed and said, I have a problem. Are and you I, getting punished? Or are I, you getting punished? Imagine what you want. You want a big pun? <laughs> <laughs> Give you some pun. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, but you're, you're right. 
and and it's not cool. I mean, because I'm trying to get help. That's why I came to you. And now you're blowing it up. You're putting it out there like, you know, hey, man, this guy's out of control. Well, I recognize that I was out of control. That's why I came to you so I can get some help. This is why I came to you to get some help. And now you look at the situation and you see what uh, – What's a, what's a trip is then you see like how the Giants ownership has come out and said, yeah, we handled it wrong. We knew about it uh, and and we probably should have cut him from the word go and blah, 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 blah. Now, what does cutting him do that makes him go home and beat his wife again? You know? I mean, I don't know if that's exactly what it does. I don't know if if, if, if bad news is justification for you to go lay hands. Well, obviously, some kind of he has good news. He's a NFL kicker. So if you're giving bad news, then you make him go home and turn it up. I mean, come on, dude. Give the guy a chance. It's a, it's, and this is what I'm what saying. Say? I haven't heard anything from his exactly. wife. Um, I did hear from Dexter Fowler's wife, though. You see what she wrote? She what wrote she that, uh, you know, it was pretty. That was pretty nice. Is that this is that Dexter Fowler will be the first African American Cubs player in the World Series in the in in the the organization's history. That's crazy. That is crazy, man. You talk about a curse that needs to be reversed. <laughs> Jeez Louise, that's real. Man, what's going on here? Um, but yeah, so let's see. We'll go back to the. Let's see what uh, Josh Brown just released a statement today, and he said this, and I quote: "I am sorry that my past has called into question the character or integrity of the New York Giants, Mister Mara, or any of those who have supported me along the way. I have taken measures to get help so that I may be the voice of change, not a statistic. It is important to share that I never struck my wife and never would. Abuse takes many forms, and it is not a gray area." Through the past several years, I have worked to identify and rectify my own behaviors. The road to rehabilitation is a journey and a constant modification of a way of life. My journey will continue forever as a person determined to leave a positive legacy and embrace the opportunities to show and speak about what has helped me to be that man. In the interim, I am cooperating with the Giants in the NFL. Thank you to everyone who has supported me. I will not let you down. It's, uh, it, this is very interesting to me because he's literally saying, hey, I did what I thought was right after doing what was wrong and tried to correct my error. Right. And now the league is punishing him for that because they're bowing to public pressure, if you will, which is just it's it speaks to so much in our society. You know, right. It, it really says a lot because in our society, you can be as wrong as you want to be as long as it doesn't come to light. It's what they're saying. Yeah. And then once you actually you have all of this information that you hear all the time about uh, men being vulnerable and, you know, uh, not being macho and just recognizing that you're a human and, and blah, speak blah, blah. anything. Yeah, and, and post-traumatic stress and blah, 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 blah. And now you have a situation where a guy does that and he's still the villain. Yes, obviously, if he admitted and he knows that he was verbally and mentally abusive to his wife, he was the villain. But at the same time, he's working towards getting it better. This is a the similar conversation to be had about... Uh, the prison system, you know, the prison system in the United States and, and its lack of interest in rehabilitation and its interest in punishment. Right. And it was supposed to be there for rehabilitation. And now it's there to break spirits. And, and that's you, what it does. And then you reintroduce everybody back into society with no skill set, no kind of reformation. And you expect production. And out the of bitter them. beer face. Yeah. And you expect, <laughs> yeah. But you expect production. Out of my, they can't. The production that they do give you is not positive. Well, yeah, because they're they're being thrown in the middle of something that they're not equipped to handle, which is regular society. Right. Time has passed you by. Yeah. You know, and you brought up another interesting point was the PSTD. Uh, the, 
PTSD. PTSD. Um, fact of it, because playing football, that's a culture of violence. And it you, is. And you can't And you expect, want them to turn it off and when they go home. Yeah, and it's the same thing with the guys that are in the military. It's, once, a, it's, a, it's the same thing. Once you get exposed to that, you can't come home and say, okay, now don't, don't be like that. It's, yeah, it's, and and you saw that. Did you get to catch that great special on HBO? Um, which one? That Peter Berg did with the guy from Lone Survivor, the man that that the story was about. No, I uh, didn't. And it, it did was not. with him. It was with it, that was some, one of the one of the pieces that I used for research on my character to play on the show Ballers. Was it was a piece about that um, about with him Tiki Barber. I think Wayne Corbett was on that one, and it was talking to different guys about being in the wilderness about what it's like to lose that camaraderie of the team and the guys and now to be a totally different person when your identity, your entire life had been tied into one thing. In this situation, that one thing was football. And now you're looking at guys who, uh, or the military, and now these guys are supposed to adjust and find a new identity. And it's just, it's plain simple, it's just difficult. You're, it's, a, it's a tough, it's a tough ask. I can believe it because, like I said, on Sundays, not just Sundays, but all through the week, you're training to be aggressive and to be vicious and to hit people at full speed. And then you're getting brain injuries and trauma. And then you say, OK, go home and just kick back and relax and wait until Monday and let's do it all over. But you're not supposed to be aggressive or any of that any other time. You know, it's hard to turn off. You can't turn that off. It's what you're what you are at that point. Yeah. Really hard to turn off. I mean, you're you're violent. You have to be violent. I've never you have seen to be a violent or you'll get hurt. Yeah, I've never seen a football player on the field that wasn't a little bit violent or extra aggressive or whatnot. And most of the time, when you hang around with football players or around them, you understand that they have that nature. There's no <laughs> doubt about that, it that they're willing to do whatever they need to do. Yeah, yeah, or whatever they want to do, or whatever they they can have their way with you. (laughs) (laughs) Don't come down. Yeah, there's a there's a definite rape culture in the world of football that I would say that I've definitely witnessed. Uh, Very interesting. Uh, There's a couple other things in the league that are going on that are interesting. Did you see this? The the brother Marquise Lee on uh, the Oakland Raiders got a fine from the NFL for using the N word. No, he got a look it up. He got a fine and a penalty from the NFL. And this is a black man that's being fined by the official for using the N-word. And his statement was one to the effect of, hey, we're in the heat of battle. We got upset. You know, we, we're out there. Basically, same kind of thing like you're saying. We're out there being aggressive and being violent. Words fly and blah, 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 blah. But I didn't expect to get fined for it. Right. Now, in that situation, if it's on the field and nobody else can hear it but the other players and whatnot, I don't think that it should be put out in the public like that. I don't think I think that's an internal issue. And there's yeah. a, I think we got a problem in the country in general of thinking that everything requires 100 percent transparency, that like literally that's an internal that's like a family problem that yeah. they should cover and whatnot. The idea that they put that out in the public, I think that that opens up a whole new can of worms. Now, let me ask you this. Uh grasshopper uh where does all this fine money go this is like <laughs> trying to figure out where does the money from the lottery go for the schools because <laughs> or the or the, or or the road train yeah or the train what every time that i vote for a tax increase on for the for the public transit in los angeles i still got crappy traffic so yeah. I, I don't know where i don't know where that money goes where does that fine money go yeah it doesn't go to the nflpa right where, where does that go to you got to go back to the league to the owner's pockets and they give out fines every week without fail big money yeah. And over fist. Yeah. In the words of Ricky Henderson, big money. <laughs> yeah. They, that's, they, they're giving out big money fines. Speaking of big money, let's talk to Trucker Dave. He's got an interesting perspective on the NFL right now. 
Trucker Dave, live on the Ozone. How you feeling? Hey, hey. Pretty, pretty good, pretty good. How are you guys doing? Oh, man, you know, we're just moving and grooving, living our life to the fullest and giving our two cents to the world of sports talk. And that's why we got you on the line, our NFL expert. Want to get your take on what's going down in the NFL right now. We got low ratings. We got Arian Foster retiring. We got Ryan Fitzpatrick calling out the owners and the coaches. Well, what, what do you think is going on right now? And, and I also want to get your take on this kid, Trevor Simeon, who I feel like is the genuine article. Well, you know, it's a lot going on in the NFL right now. I totally, totally agree with you guys. First of all, Arian Foster, he had a great career. doesn't have anything to be ashamed of. You know, he can just walk away and um, hold his head high. I would have walked away about two years ago if I was him personally. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick had a great year last year. This year, who knows what's happening? Guy throws almost 11 interceptions in two or three games and then calls out ownership. I mean, you got to look at <laughs> yourself before you look at anybody else. And uh, what, what else did you ask me about? I forgot. Uh, you, well, you know, we were talking Ryan Fitzpatrick. We were talking about Trevor Simeon out there in uh, in Denver. And we were talking about Arian Foster retiring. Now, you think Simeon is the truth? I don't think he's the truth. I'm not mad at the kid, man. He's performing, and this is this is not like his – this isn't – you know, I don't think – I think that for the shoes that he stepped into, he's performing. I, I really don't care for it because he has like two all-world receivers. Yeah, and- but why are you going to punish him for having some good receivers? What do you think, Trucker Day? Well, it's not that he has the two all-world receivers. What you need to look at is he has a pretty good offensive line down there True. in Denver. And you've got C.J. Anderson, who I've always liked, a little shifty running back. You really have a great organization in Denver, you know, so it gives a young quarterback a lot of room to make some mistakes, even though he's not making any. So I don't have anything bad to say about him. I know he looks better than uh, um, Brock Osweiler, who you paid $72 million to. So heads up to John Elway. I guess he knows a little bit about quarterback. There you go with that. And what do you think about this situation uh, out there in Chicago? It's just unbelievable to me the amount of chances that Jay Cutler gets and the way he talks slick in the whole song and dance. You see that they said uh, they said that that you know they said that his coach really talked about supporting him and his job isn't in jeopardy when he comes back. Blah 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 blah. <laughs> and Cutler responded to the effect of, "Well, he doesn't have a choice, I guess, at this point." Brian's out, so I gotta go. I mean, this guy—he's just unbelievable to me. He's a, to me—he's the epitome of the the spoiled athlete. Well, he he is a spoiled athlete, and he was really the same guy when he was in Denver. I mean, it's not much has changed. He's a guy who has a great arm, and that's about it. You know, he he doesn't he does he doesn't put all of his mechanics together, and it doesn't seem like he's that serious about what he's doing. So there's your results right there. Yeah. And, um, and he still gets paid a boatload so of money. Chances. Yeah, he's gotten so many chances. I like what Brian Hoyer was doing. It's just that Brian Hoyer got hurt. Why did he get hurt? Terrible offensive line. There you go. I mean, in football, if you have a bad offensive line, it doesn't matter who you are. Yep. Um, you are not going to survive, man. Yep, yep. You're absolutely right about that. Now, the icons over here brought up a great point. And before Sunday's Steelers uh, uh, Patriots game, we know that you are a New England Patriots aficionado. He was talking about how Mike Tomlin needs to step up and win the big game. And the big game meaning win without Big Ben. Because we know good and well that if it was Belichick on the other side and he didn't have Tom Brady, he would find some way to win or find some way to make the game very, very tight and uncomfortable. 
What do you think it is that Mike Tomlin and the squad over there, they just can't, despite all the weapons, it doesn't seem like without a full, full squad, they're not probably going to get it done. You know what? I think one of his biggest problems is, you know, when in doubt, always turn to your star running back. You know, yeah. just put the ball Give the ball to him. Jerome Bettis. <laughs> well, you know, you got Le'Veon Bell. Use him. And, you know, kill the play clock. Kill the game clock. Shorten the game. That's where your mistake is. Second of all, pay attention to the draft on defense. You guys uh, have problems in your secondary. You have problems up front. Um, it's just problems everywhere in Pittsburgh. What about a backup quarterback? Well, you can look at that too, man. I mean, I thought Landry Jones did as, as, as well as you can ask a guy like Landry Jones to do. But <laughs> you have to look at – I mean, Big Ben has been hurt for the last couple of years, so – yeah, you have to kind of expect. Right. Yeah, exactly. You need to get another premier guy. What I want to know is, you know, what's the difference between a guy like Landry Jones and a guy like Dak Prescott who comes in and he says, you know what? Oh, I'm the backup guy. But guess what? I come in and I bald. You got guys who come in, the guys that, that came in for the, the Tom Brady when he was hurt. Exactly. You got backup guys that are ready to go. And at some teams, and, and I don't know, I don't know, I guess, enough about football to say whether it's just a matter of paying attention to your backup. Seeing that injuries are so common in football, you would think that paying attention is, you know, to your backup quarterback is would be pretty important. But no one seems to want to pay that money to have your backup quarterback be somebody notable. Right. Well, Landry Jones stunk to join up last year when Big Ben got hurt. Last year, but you start talking about Dak Prescott, and you're talking about a key word that starts with a P, and that is poise. And he has it, man. Some people have it. Some people don't. Some people can slow the game down. Some people can slow life down. Zach Prescott is one of those guys where they don't want to give him credit or they do. That guy's a winner, man. Some people are. He is. And he's one of them. Some yeah. a winner, man. You know, you, just, you walk with that confidence and you show it in the game. And that's what he's doing. And everybody's following him. And they're having fun. You can tell when the teams are having fun. Yeah. We were just talking about the same thing with baseball. Both the Indians and the Cubs throughout the season and throughout the playoffs are having fun. And all of these, we're we're talking about grown men playing children's games, even though the NFL is a man's game. But football in itself is, is, is a boy's game. And all of these guys, you need to have fun. It can't just be strictly business or you won't be successful. I haven't seen that work once, really, like that. It hasn't worked, man. I mean, if you looked at game six, before the Dodgers, I mean, before the Dodger game, what were the fans on LA radio saying? Series is over. So that attitude, you know, it really, it, it's like a cancer. It goes from the, the players to the team. That's just basically showing that your team, it seems like you're lacking heart somewhere if your fans feel like it's over when you're getting, before game six even starts, man. Come on. And yeah. You can't give up like that. Yeah, you got to believe. And and we're not, you, you know, right now it looks like Cleveland is believe land indeed because they they're out there they're ready to go. You got the series starting out there uh, tonight, and then tomorrow night King James gets ringed up and hangs up the banner. That's got to feel good for everybody except for Hugh Jackson and the Browns because it's tonight. Right? Well, well, they uh, let me give you a quick example. They said the Sparks were really down after they lost Game Four to Minnesota, and then guess what they said happened. Magic Johnson walks into the locker room, and everybody's just like, everybody, everybody, you know, is picked up because the Magic is a stone cold winner. So, you know, people that have that winning attitude, you know, it's like contagious. Some people have it. You know, if you could bottle it, you'll be the world's first trillionaire. I mean, zillions, <laughs> zillions, all of them combined, and 
some people got that, you know, that whole winning feeling about them. Magic made it rub off. Uh, too bad he couldn't make it rub, rub off on the Dodgers, but he wasn't at that game. So he <laughs> chose to go to a Sparks game instead of the Dodgers game. Which is pretty interesting. Which <laughs> is pretty interesting. <laughs> pretty interesting, man. Wow. I'm like, looking at this dude on TV, like, man, ain't you supposed to be at the Dodgers game? <laughs> he wasn't even there. <laughs> I knew they could do it. <laughs> man. <laughs> yeah, you know, I like. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with your takes on all of the whole song and dance. And back to Arian Foster. You know, Arian Foster was a great running back oh for the goodness. time. Man, when he was, he was awesome. He man. was awesome, and he did a lot for the vegan community because he was like the first dude to come out as like vegan and strong. And like, uh, I don't know if he's vegan or vegetarian, but he's. Um, but yeah. but he was one of the dudes that came out with that. And you know what? Thank God he didn't get beat up too bad in, in hanging it up too late. I think that his his uh, letter, his retirement letter, was really heartfelt because he was talking about exactly what it is that drove him to success in the game is eventually what it was that was going to make him have to retire. And it was the fact that his body couldn't keep up with what it was that he needed to do to be successful. And this is just the plight of the NFL. It's the plight of all athletes eventually because Father back. Time is undefeated. Yeah, running backs especially. I think what yeah, they have like a two, three year. Something like that. Life expectancy. Yeah. Damn, you yeah, killed That's murder. <laughs> that's murder. Your life expectancy, huh? Jeez. Life in the league. But, but what a career, man, when you can just walk away at 30 years old, you still look great. I mean, you can yeah. just choose. He could be an analyst. He could. Uh, you could go you know, write for ballers. This is exactly what Richard yeah. Mendenhall did. Mendenhall decided yeah. that he was going to wrap his up. He got his cheese, and he got back into something that he liked to do other than play football, which is creative writing. And now he's one of the producers and writers on ballers. Well, you know? I think that, that, look at that. They're turning things around on NFL too. with that. You know, because yeah, a lot of guys are doing most that. These, go, go. Yeah, that's true. And look at the two of them. Most of these guys are from small towns. And most of these small towns that I go through, cost of living is cheap. So basically, yeah. you made enough money, you buy your house, you square your family away, and you decide what you want to do with the rest of your life. Yeah. Pretty good at 30 years old, man. Yeah, not bad at all. And what I was saying is that like a lot of these NFL players are walking away young now, you know, which what? is very, very smart yeah, they because are. they don't very you, smart. You don't sit around and wait until you, you know, they. It's roll like the boxers. Yeah, you don't. You retire. Don't, yeah, you, you need to. You, you need to retire thing. before the game retires you. Yeah. Right. Right. I totally agree with that, man. I mean, and the NFL is changing because these guys are complaining because they're not getting football money, but if you really look at it, they're getting the best money they've ever gotten before. When we were little, ST. He tell you how much go guys like Dave Butts and them were getting next to nothing, man, and they were killing themselves. Right, yeah, you had to work in off season. Yeah, yeah. Well, Trucker <laughs> Dave, always an interesting insight from you. Appreciate having you on the line, wherever you are in this great state of uh, a great country, the United States of America. Take care of yourself, and we'll talk with you soon. Okay, nice to hear from you guys. Yeah, bye bye. Late. Always good insight from Trucker Dave. Right. Always good insight. Our guys go deep, man. They do. Yeah. They do. Have Subterranean. Opinions, right? and, and speaking of going deep, I want to go deep on our next topic. I want to go deep and talk about the NBA starting up and the NBA super team. Because nowadays the super team, I mean, I'm seeing people talk about really the the, the regular season is just kind of a waste of time because it's going to be the three, the, the, the trilogy of Cleveland versus Golden State. And you know what? I don't know if history supports that idea. Yeah, the history doesn't support it, but the NBA does. You know, it's the whole theory of it all. And that's mm. the that's the downside. You know, you are sort of guided and molded to understand and accept that these are the teams that are going to meet. And if they wouldn't meet, it would be like 
Donald Trump winning almost, you know? You wouldn't think that that's going to happen. Hmm. Well, I'm looking at the teams. I'm looking at the various uh, uh, super teams, if you will, that didn't work. And I got I got 15 teams that did not work. I got the uh, I got the 2002 uh, Washington Wizards: Michael Jordan, Christian Laettner, Kwame Brown, uh, Jerry Stackhouse. <laughs> that didn't work. You got the 2013-14 Brooklyn Nets with Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Jason Terry. That didn't work. Uh, you got that rocket squad that they put together with Tracy McGrady, Yao Ming, um, Stevie Franchise. That team was bananas. Bonzi Wells. Remember Bonzi Wells? Bonzi Wells was nice. Wow. Yeah. That, that didn't work. You got the 2009 Cleveland Cavaliers with the Diesel, King James, uh, uh, Anton Jameson. That should have worked, though. They put they put the Diesel. They didn't let the Diesel play enough. They didn't. I didn't understand. <laughs> what are you doing? That, that gets you over the top. I don't care. Even the I don't, uh, old Diesel. <laughs> even the old Diesel's too much. He's too much. Mike Brown played with that he one. Played. He played. So mind. I don't, I don't, I don't can't, can't roll with that. His strategy <laughs> wasn't right. Mine wasn't right. The 2001 Kings, even though I don't think this is a super team, but you got Bobby Jackson, Mike Bibby, Chris Weber, uh, uh, Pedro Stoyakovich, they had a nice squad. They challenged the Lakers. Vlade, Doug Christie, they challenged the Lakers. Now, this is a team that I think is a super team that nobody talks about, is this 92-93 Phoenix Suns team. This squad was legit. Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley, Tom Chambers, Danny Ainge, and Charles Round Mound of Rebound Barkley. Yeah, that was a real team. Danny Ainge was old, though. Danny Ainge was old. He was still wet. Got to be able to get your shot off. Nah, I mean, Can't put in his minutes. But the thing of it is, man, the all these teams are putting the team together to beat LeBron James, which is unbelievable. That's exactly what they're <laughs> doing. One guy that everybody says, "Hey, let's stack up against," because they Cleveland hasn't done a lot of stuff to you know. They're not still, like that. Yeah, yeah, they're still rolling with the people. Look at this. You got there. that Heat team that first year that didn't win with Bosh Wade. And when you talk about he's gonna get six championships, and then Bron, this may be the best one, second best one that didn't work. Is it that '96 Houston Rockets team? Nah, I thought you was going to bring up Seattle got a crazy team too. Out Clyde Drexler, Charles Barkley, and Hakeem. You guys are supposed to win. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, had, just, they had somebody else. That's Scotty Pippen, I do believe. Yeah, Did they have Scotty Pippen? They, they, they had a monster they squad. A monster squad. That squad was. That squad was crazy. And then the 2004 and 5 Indiana Pacers. I hated that they well, lost. Forget about what about the Lakers put together a team that didn't win? That I'm was trying crazy. to go down the list. You oh. just won't wait. I don't know why you just keep jumping in. Keep jumping. Go ahead. Go with it there's then. So many, so many teams out there. I told you there's only 15 of them. You, you don't want to wait. Yeah, you got that Pacers squad that had Ron Artest, Reggie Miller, Jermaine O'Neal, Steven Jackson, the Monster Squad. Maybe the best one, even better than that Lakers squad, which got to be number one, is that Orlando Magic squad with Young Penny and Young Diesel. That team was crazy. Now, do you consider that like one of those made-up teams? That team wasn't made up. No, they were drafted, and yeah, they you know they, they did the right thing. I'm talking about teams that were plugged and played. To you Well, know. then that is the, the greatest one of those that didn't work is the 2003 Lakers with Kobe, Gary Payton, the Diesel, Carl Malone. I mean, that that is absurd, and they just completely and totally got outcoached. <laughs> that's the only thing that could be the team like that. They got out coached and then well not just out. They got I mean they you couldn't you know, you couldn't make Kobe Bryant recognize that that they shouldn't ever lose. They shouldn't lose one game that team. So studs out there, you pulling off the bench. You pulling studs off the bench. Hold on one second. Let's see what DC Sly's on the line. Yo, wow. Yo, what's up, man? DC Sly on the line live in the Ozone. We're talking hoops, DC Sly. We want to know what you think about it. What's up, man? All the way live. What's going on? <laughs> All the way live with DC Slide. You got it. 
What's good? So what we're covering right now is these super teams throughout history who couldn't get it done because the NBA is just stacked full of super teams right now. You basically got, I would say, three super teams, three to four super teams in the NBA right now. And we're looking at all the super teams who could not get it done, primarily that 03 Lakers team with Carl Malone, Diesel, Gary Payton, uh, uh, and Kobe Bryant in that starting five. That was just absurd. Um and you have a lot of you have a lot of these super teams when you go through throughout history who just couldn't get it done. Now on paper, I really don't think that the Golden State Warriors should lose to anybody. They can potentially go like eighty two and zero because anybody on that team can beat you on any given night. There's an argument that Zaza Pachulia is even an upgrade to Bogut because he can run the floor with them. What do you think about the situation in the NBA right now? And who do you like? Yeah. Well, first, I, you know, I think that super team label gets thrown out there a little too too often. But like you mentioned, there are certain teams that they label super team that couldn't get it done because they weren't really a super team. They were just a collection of super players. Oh, wow. So I think that's, that's all tough. <laughs> that's great insight. Yeah, it is. And now and, – uh, I was just going to say, and now you're looking at – now what do you think? Now do you think that Golden State Warriors team – I haven't caught any NBA preseason action with them. I was talking to, to my buddy Robbie the other night, and he was saying that – he, they were up by like 35 against the Lakers, and basically it was just like an exhibition game for these guys. Like literally anybody could do anything they wanted to at any given time. Yeah, I tuned in for uh, a couple games, and I honestly didn't even end up watching it too much because it just seemed like that. It was like, oh, this is over. Wow. They were up by like 30-something already in the third quarter. I forgot who they were playing, man, and I was, I was just like, well, I got stuff to do. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> So now, I, you know, now, as somebody who spent a lot of time in Texas, how do you feel about that San Antonio squad they put together? I still think they got a great squad. I think they got a super I team. Do, I do, too. They have a great team. And, I, yeah, I, I mean, the, the thing with them is it's, uh, you know, like we used the analogy before, they're like the, they're like the agents in the Matrix. They, they, they will they'll bust your ass, but at the same time, their their ability is set up by the rules in the in the in the the, the, the format system. that they run. Right. Yeah, that system. So if you come with that that chaos like Durant and Westbrook, you can, you can beat them. But hmm. they're great. I mean, they're an awesome team. It's hard to beat them, but they can be beat because of that. Hmm. I feel like with Golden State, they're a little overrated. They're talking about they're the super team and whatnot, but they don't have really have a strong bench like that. True. I, but okay, at the same time, if you can uh, stretch it out like that, do you really need the strong bench? Yeah, you always need substitutes. Somebody's going to eventually get hurt, and you're going to have to plug and play players. And if you take out a Durant, and who are you going to bring in to you know to make that that difference? Are you going to bring in a defender? Are you going to bring in another shooter? What are you going to do? But when they go to the bench, they're basically bringing like third stringers in. Well, they got Livingston and Iggy still. He still got a little bit left in him. I agree. I don't think that their bench play is is subpar like you know like that personally. I think that they, uh, I think the squad looks serious. I'm interested to see how it is in practice and not just in theory. You know what I mean? But I'm also interested to see about this uh, this New York Knicks situation because I still believe in Derrick Rose. I think he has a potential. I don't think to be the greatest player in the NBA anymore. But I think that that team over there, this is going to be a make or break year for the organization. I don't see how they can beat Cleveland, uh, and I also don't see how they can beat Chicago. I think Chicago is the sleeper in this situation because people yeah. always underestimate Dwayne Wade, even when he was with LeBron James. I don't know why, 
But he's like Rodney Dangerfield. No respect. No respect. <laughs> For some reason. Yeah. You, you go back and look at his career and you'd be like, man, he's one of the GOATs. He's one of the GOATs. Yeah. That guy is a killer, too. He's got ice water in his veins. No matter what the situation, that dude can get it done. Well, they have Jimmy Butler. They picked up Rajon Rondo, and now they just traded for uh, Michael Carter-Williams. Come on, man. They, they got a squad. Yeah. Michael Carter-Williams has that weird they, jumper, they, but they got a squad. <laughs> it works. They, they got they got Gabby uh, Union headed up their social media. You know, watching <laughs> <that>. <laughs> and what's better than that? Right. Yeah, this is real, though. They have a serious situation yeah, over there. And I'm just I'm I'm really interested to see uh because as many super teams that they are, I feel like they're sleeper teams that bring a little bit of parity that can creep up on you from time to time. Like Atlanta. Like uh like Minnesota. Like, like the Timberwolves like, from time to you know can the Celtics. Like the Celtics. I actually that's the one preseason game that I actually saw. I went and watched the Celtics preseason game and they're they are real. Celtics got better and they were pretty good last year, honestly. Yeah. Celtics yeah, got better. Now, what do you think? No, what do you think about that kid, Brandon Ingram? Well, I think he's going to be pretty good. I, I think uh, I like his game for the NBA. All right, I, I think he's going to be. He sure really, is skinny, really man. I saw him at the uh, I saw him at the Rams game. Really? Oh man, don't expect yeah. him to set any hard picks. I tell you that much. <laughs> Jeez, the wheeze. They're comparing him to Durant. I mean, he's tall like that. He's he's long. He's long like that. He's long and lean like that. That's a you know. That's a big comparison, though. That's <laughs> right. I, I mean, I honestly, I kind of liked him for being the first pick just because he can shoot. And I think shooting in the NBA, the way the game is spread out and everything like that, and how lazy some people can get on defense, is key. I I really think he's got the skill set. You know, even though he is skinny, I think he can do his thing. Yeah, like well, him. the meat doesn't matter as much with just like because of what you said. The way that they call the games, the meat doesn't mean as much as it used to mean. But I also think that um, I, I also think that given the way that the NBA works, like the politics of the NBA, there's going to be tighter. The, the season's going to be tighter than what I think people expect. Because I also think that these people know off the top, every team knows that they're going to have to come out playing from game one. Right. I think it's another I think this is the final make or break year for this Clippers team as we see it. I think if they don't get to the conference finals, they're gonna have to blow up the team. There's just no two ways about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's for real. And then then of course you got uh who else made some good moves. How's Miami look? I haven't I haven't got to check them out. They're, they're, in, they're in trouble. They're they in lost trouble. Bosch. They lost Bosch, they lost Wade. Wade. Yeah, and they didn't replace them with anybody of note. So yeah. unless they run the entire thing through through Whiteside, which they won't do, right. of course, uh, they're going to have problems. And I really hate the way that their organization is handling the situation with Chris Bosh because I read something the other day about some monetary loophole they're trying to use right. to not let him play and Until then cut him. At, yeah, and then so then he can't, doesn't work uh, on the cap and blah, 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 blah. It's just an ugly situation. You know, you have the Knicks with the distraction of the Derrick Rose case. He got acquitted now, so... Perhaps they can actually focus on playing the game. I didn't see anything special coming out of Brooklyn. Um, you know, a lot of these teams. Brooklyn's you, rebuilding, and the Knicks, yeah. I don't believe in Derrick Rose like that. I don't believe, truth be told, the person that I believe in most on that team over there is the, the young kid. Porzingis? Yes, Porzingis. <laughs> because he actually, you know, you can tell he cares. Yeah. The rest of the guys seem like they're real happy to just be living in New York City playing basketball and getting paid by the man. Right. <laughs> you know? I like Rose, man, but I. Last uh, last season, yeah, last season, I got a chance to go to one of the games when he was out here in D.C., and 
I just didn't like the way he was hobbling around. Like when the ball was dead and he was just walking. Yeah. He just had that, seemed like he had that permanent hobble. Yeah, yeah, I know it well, unfortunately, and it seemed like he, you know, Derrick Rose seems like he played in the NFL as opposed to the NBA. He really got beat up. Yeah, yeah. And, so, he, and he's really yeah. a guy who was talking about his life after basketball. Before before, basketball. <laughs> before <laughs> over. Yeah, right, before, that was like three or four years ago, and he was talking about his career after basketball. It was last year. But he's no, still talking, wasn't. yeah, it was, but no. he's still talking about, the, it still wasn't the right thing to say. Right. I agree. Now tell me this. So who do you see? Uh, how do you feel about your Pacers, <laughs> DC Slide? I know you, you're DC uh, Slide, no, but I know you got an allegiance to the Pacers. What do you think about no, Paul George? You think he's going to be able to? You think he's going to be able to to to, uh, to recruit a super team of his own at some point? Yeah, they could they could stand to get one more in there. The, the Pacers have always been good at, at building good teams. Sometimes they just don't have the personnel. But I like, uh, I mean, I like that move they did at point guard, bringing Teague in. You know, another another indie boy coming in, and I think they upgraded on the on the point guard position. So we'll see what happens. They'll well, make they some noise, the- but yeah, they, they they don't have enough to beat Cleveland. I don't think. So. Man, but they got that kid Miles Turner. Miles Turner is a beast. My- yes, he is. I mean, yep. he's a beast. And you brought in Al Jefferson. Yeah. They got a nice squad. Yeah, they do have a nice squad. And Paul George is a legit superstar. Yeah. Like, and he yeah. should be fully healed now. Like, he should be 100%, 100%, 100, 100, you know? Oh, yeah. No, he'll be good. No, that makes some noise. I just, I, I, I just don't see him beating the Cleveland or somebody like that. But, you know, hey, that'll give him some problems. It'll definitely give him some problems. But I think they're, they're probably one more player away to be up there in that super team type category, you know? Right. Well, all right, DC Slide, I want to thank you for your contribution. Keeping the America safe out there in D.C. You're probably spying on the show right now. I mean, you probably got big data. My my webcam is being hacked as I speak. You're Mr. Robot. Cookie, cookies all over the place, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Slide. We'll wrap with you soon. Thanks for calling in. Thanks. All right, man. Please. All right, later. want to take some time to uh, check in on the call line and see who, who called on the hotline and answer any of their questions before we get out of here. Let's see what we got. Although, this is your boy, the Chop Block, calling in with a basketball fantasy report on Ryan Anderson, brand new forward with the Houston Rockets. Now, Ryan Anderson has a huge opportunity uh, with Houston this year. Uh, Dan Antonio, the coach, is known for running up and down the court and shooting at a high rate, something that is going to definitely benefit Ryan Anderson and his particular skill set. Last year, he starred for New Orleans. He was okay, but he's going to be better this year. This year, he's one of the leading scorers in the preseason, and I project him to do even better numbers as the regular season uh, starts to hit. Another feature about uh, Ryan Anderson that's going to push fantasy owners uh, over the over the um, over the plateau this year is the fact that Dan Antonio is playing to use Ryan Anderson at center in small ball lineups. Now, with CBS Sportsline, if Ryan Anderson could possibly get five starts at center, it's going to be crazy, absolutely crazy and bonkers. I have him in CBS Sportsline. I'm going to keep him in the, in the dynasty league. I expect and hope that other owners will keep him the same way. All right? Chop block signing off. 
Chop block. Glad to have him, man. Yeah. He's serious about Ryan Anderson. That's a serious <laughs> report right there. Was. I think he's got stock. Ryan Anderson must be his boy. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's going on, Chop Black? Thanks for calling in, brother. We appreciate your your input. I really I don't have anything to add to that. He was pretty thorough about his take. Right. Well, he's a part of Dan Tony basketball. Everybody knows they like to get up and down the court and play no defense. So it should be right up the right up the alley for a fantasy squad. Right. Who else we got? What up, fellas? I just want to know: Is today the biggest day? in Cleveland sports history. I mean, it has to be. But are people going to watch the ring ceremony or are people going to watch the first inning of the baseball game? What do you guys think uh, what's going to happen with that? And then also, I'd love to see Charlie Sheen come out as Wild Thing and throw out the first pitch in the game. I mean, to me, that'd be awesome. But let me know what you guys think. Later. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, Dennis, thanks for calling in. You know, thanks for listening to the Ozone. And I think you you have you bring up a great point. Huge night in Cleveland sports, maybe the biggest night in Cleveland sports ever because it, it sets the tone. The tone is set as winning. LeBron James right. and company set that tone, and the Cleveland Indians should to actually follow suit in our opinion. The only other day that I could say would be bigger for Cleveland was potentially the day that Jim Brown retired because that was the day that all hopes went out of town, <laughs> <laughs> and it hasn't been right ever since. Um, but I think you're probably right. What, what do you think? It sounds about right. Um, who do you choose? What do you choose? The ring? The first inning? I would go with, I always have to go with the first inning. I'm going with the first <laughs> inning. Anything can happen in baseball. See, the baseball is not like, it's not a game that plays on time. So right. it's not, you don't know, you might miss it. Yeah. And truth be told, the first inning might be over before the ring ceremony with the way that things work in the NBA. It could be dragged out for 45 minutes right. in the NBA. Everybody bring out their coaches from high school and everything else. Everybody out there crying and everything. And I tell you what else, I think that he brought up a great point. Uh, with Charlie Sheen potentially throwing out the first pitch in character as Wild Thing. And it's unfortunate because I think this is where Major League Baseball falls behind with the young kids because that would be something that's cool. Right. And Major League Baseball doesn't seem to to understand or embrace the, the cool factor of the game. I saw somebody bringing up a point that maybe the Cubs might bring out Bartman for uh, the Cubs game. I, that would be hilarious. And, yeah. and you know what? If they did that and they lose, Bartman would probably be assassinated. <laughs> <laughs> public enemy number one. He would be Clayton Kershaw's curveball. <laughs> He's public enemy number one. Yeah. That was a great call. It was a great call. What else we got? Thanks, Dennis. What up, guys? It's Matt. Hey, I got a question for you. Is Tom Brady the MVP? I don't think so because they were 4-1 and one without him. And that's just a tough – that's tough for a guy to be the MVP after only playing, what, three games? Two yeah. or three games. Yeah. This is... I mean, we understand the Tom Brady love is real. Tommy is terrific. There's no two ways about it. Right. He's, got, he's living one of the best lives in history. But it's, but it's early to give him the MVP. It's a little early to give him the MVP especially, this year. Especially since the team was already winning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but that was what we were talking about earlier with the, the Belichicks of the world. They figure out how to win even without a Tommy terrific because Tommy's going to have to retire eventually, and when he does – there's going to be somebody there to replace him. There you go. There you go. And what about them Raiders? <laughs> what about the Raiders? You know, the Raider Nation is in full effect mode here on the Ozone. We got another win. We're in first place. I think that uh, I, I spoke to a buddy of mine online, and he was right. The, the, the Raiders can't keep leaning on their talent to win games. They have to have some more discipline. But the you brought up a great point is that the schedule's working out in their favor to work off the ring rust and work out the kinks. I really think the defense can play tighter. We can play a tighter, more disciplined game. But the team is legit. There's no two ways about it. You can say whatever you want to say, the team is legit. The team can't be legit without defense. 
Whatever, man. <laughs> the team can't be legit without defense. I don't know if you heard the Raiders slogan. It's just win, baby. <laughs> because their defense is ranked like what, 32nd or something crazy? Yeah, that's all right. We got a new uh <laughs> we we got a little ways to go, but we're going to get there. Si se puede, vato. Si se puede. <laughs> okay. All right, folks. Thanks for joining us on this action-packed, call-filled version of the Ozone. I'll leave you with a, a wise quote. And it is that a second chance doesn't mean anything if you haven't learned from your first mistake. Take care of yourself, folks. This is Big O, Ozone. Peace. Ozone. <laughs>